to the Bare Naked ABCs, where you guys just keep coming back to listen to us discuss the Bare Naked Ladies songs one at a time, alphabetically. And and we hope that you do it over and over again, like that Australian Aboriginal hunting weapon, uh, what's it called? <laughs> the the diggery do um, I think? Is that a bolo? <laughs> <laughs> a kangaroo? <laughs> Kangaroo. I don't know. I can't think of the name of it right now for the life of me. But yeah, anyways, so like that thing. So we hope you do keep coming back to hear us um, tonight. Well, any, every night. I am Tracy, the host, and I am joined tonight by Aaron, Michelle, and Victor. Victor! Victor tonight is our guest. We have a a month of guests at this point, it seems. And Victor is our second guest of the month. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Victor. Hi, I'm um, a retired English professor who, I guess, wanted to be a rock musician when I was a teenager, you know, back in the 70s and was really into music. But then I, I... you know, kind of joined the uh, real world and and uh, did that for 30 years. And um, I retired early and was just sort of, you know, waiting around to die. And, and I got back into music. <laughs> I sort of returned to my first love. Nice. And uh, part of that was actually kind of creating these uh, fan pages. One of them I created last summer serendipitously uh, was the Bare Naked La- unofficial Bare Naked Ladies page. The song we're doing tonight, uh, Boomerang, which is kind of the story of my life, getting back into music after all those years. What, was it the fourth one I did, I think? The fourth uh, slideshow I did. Because uh, that's mostly what's on my page, are sort of little music videos, right? So you uh, that I, yeah, you do these music videos with like video with uh, video clips and photo clips and kind of yeah, make this and stuff, montage, yeah, and of... stuff I've ripped off from the internet, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Well, it's beautifully ripped off. <laughs> yeah. I actually then, remember uh, your video for Baby Seat, Victor. I really, really like that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it was fun to do. Yeah, and as I I think I told Tracy, I did that because I'd heard you the night before. (laughs) And I thought, oh, I want to do that song. (laughs) That's a nice little Ouroboros now, right? Yeah. Is that that how it's pronounced? Yeah. (laughs) As you mentioned, Victor, we are doing Baby Seat. Oh, no. (laughs) So as you mentioned, Victor, we are doing Boomerang tonight. Now I have to leave that in because you guys all laugh. (laughs) Tracy's Flub Ups, number 33. At least. Put it in the wiki. So, yeah, tonight we're doing Boomerang from <laughs> Grinning Street. But I'll come on back, cause I know Though you meant to let me go I could always be your Boomerang uh, Which is the album from 2013. This is actually the first single from that album. It debuted, the album itself debuted at number 30 on the Canadian charts and then peaked at number 11 and was on the charts for 18 <laughs> weeks. Um, this song was uh, credited to Zach M- Malloy and Ed Robertson. I don't know how many people here know who Zach Malloy is. Well, I do now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Tracy. Yes, thank you, Tracy. I've been doing some in-depth examination of Zach this week and, and passing that out to people. Zach, for people who don't know, uh, was the lead singer and guitarist for the Nixons. They were formed back in 1990 in Oklahoma City. 
They are an alternative rock band in the alternative rock time of form of American alternative rock. So Seattle grunge kind of feel and very similar sounds to, I don't know, what would you say, Aaron, of the, it, it kind of sounds like? Uh, to me, the Nixons remind me of Matchbox 20 by the way of Pearl Jam. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's what I couldn't quite put my finger on. They toured with Soul Asylum and a number of other bands uh, for a while. They had three albums and then they broke up in 2000. And Zach Malloy then released two of his own albums in an EP and has since become a songwriter for Warner Chapel in Nashville, working with artists such as Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Hanson, Chris Daughtry, and Bowling for Soup. So a very different sound than the Nixons. Mm -hmm. Um, And his solo stuff was very different than the Nixons as well. There was hints of it in there, but it's much more country, much more pop. You can hear that in this song, yeah. Yeah, so I listened to a number of the Nixons stuff. The big song for the Nixons was Sister, which was off their first album, FOMA, and I'll be putting that up there. That sounds absolutely nothing like this song. <laughs> yeah, no, it it, is... I mean, I did listen to that one. I don't, I don't think I'd ever heard it before. But then I was in East Texas, so it was pretty much what I bought. I mean, it was country, evangelical, or if you were really lucky, like a classic rock station. But that was it. <laughs> and then you, everything else you had to buy. Slim pickings. <laughs> I don't see Sister being on, on that type of station. Yeah. It's very different. My, and But my wife had heard of it before. I played it for her. She's like, oh, that's Sister. I'm like... Holy cow. <laughs> okay, it's been out there at least. And then I also, I think I sent you guys a solo version of it. So when, when Zach went solo, he he did his own version of it live. What was your take on that? I liked I it. I, I don't I, think I got it. Oh. oh yeah, that's okay. Um, at least I didn't realize I'd gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that's okay. was I got it, the billboard. I got the billboard one. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, but not, but not the Zach one. <laughs> was it the, um, the acoustic one, right? He was standing there with yeah. the guitar. I liked it and really heard the similarity between that version and Boomerang. Yeah. Like, okay, this is the sound. Right. Yeah. And I could see where he and Ed would get along really well because it's, it's kind of country-ish. still has a little bit of a pop feel to it, and, and it's very much like what Ed has for his type of sound himself. But it felt like, not to dive too much into it, but it definitely had a different feeling than just Ed. It almost felt like almost Steven, but not like it almost had, it wanted to be an emotional confessional like Steven would have, but it didn't quite, it didn't <laughs> quite go there. You know what I mean? Hmm. I, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, you sort of had to fill in the blanks yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nicely put. So there are, for people who don't know, there are two versions of the song and that actually threw me for a, big loop uh because i was i've only ever heard the one song that comes from the album which is what people refer to as the bob clearwater version Mm -hmm. it was really odd and i don't want to say offsetting because it's a very negative term but almost shocking to hear the other version which is called the mark enber ender edert edert 
Oh, that's what okay, I, have I mistyped e- it. E D E R T is what I've got, but maybe it's Ender. okay. I might have mistyped it. it. Is that the version from the music video, Tracy? That's the, so. There's also two music videos out there, and the two different music videos that are out there use two different versions of this song. The first one that was released was the lyrical video, which it, everyone has, at this point, I'm guessing, hopefully, has seen a lyric video out there of some of a band of some sort or not, mm-hmm. um, where they just literally take different pictures and then they put the lyrics up on the pictures and have them in various different shapes and forms that go along with the song. Yeah, as lyric videos go, I thought it was really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. They, so how they created that, I don't, I don't I'd, know if you I'd guys I'd love to know their it. software because I'd like to get it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't have the software. I, I, I have a confession to make. I actually thought you made that one. Oh. <laughs> I wish I had. I mean, yeah. Legitimately. It was cool. Yeah. That one was done differently than any other lyric video I've ever heard done, which is what Bare Naked likes to do, Bare Naked Ladies like to do anyways. They put it up there and put out for fans to send them pictures of Toronto. Mm. And so the whole video okay. is captured with fan captured videos and fan submitted photos of Toronto landmarks. Mm. And then the lyrics are put on the back of those. Yeah, and very cleverly. I mean, they really managed to mimic a lot of the the meanings and feelings in the song with what happened to the text. Yes. Now, me personally, I'm not a big lyric video type of fan. I don't enjoy them very much, but I I get it, you know. So then afterwards, they had a contest for their second video. The second video, they had the contest for on Gennaro TV, which is a website. To enter, fans had to create and enter their own music videos of boomerang it was then judged by the bare naked ladies and it's interesting because one person actually put out there he's like i had the most votes but the bare naked ladies decided to vote on it and they went with this one which happens to yeah i read that (laughs) (laughs) it sounded a little angry about it yeah Um, yeah there were a couple that were a little aggrieved yeah uh, i didn't i I haven't seen all of them but yeah that did come across and that may be why they didn't do it again Maybe, (laughs) Um, but that was the one that won. I don't know. That one was the one that used a different version of the song than I've ever heard anywhere else. Yeah, that was the edit version, uh, which is kind of kind of a. It sounds like kind of a club mix almost. Yes. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I would even like dare to say that it's possible that it's not Tyler on drums. It's someone has put in a Oh, it's not. Sure. It's one hundred percent. It sounds like a yeah. drum machine. It's one hundred percent electronic yeah. drums. Which yeah. is sad because Tyler is such an amazing drummer. Like, why take him out of this whole song? Uh, by the way, I know who directed it. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. It's a Polish animation oh, really? director named Isabella Barceza. Nice. Um, there's, there's like no vowel where a vowel should be, but it's B-A-R-S-Z-C-Z, uh, is her last name. And she's, oh, wow. she's done about 20 different, um, uh, uh, vid- uh, animated videos of various kinds. Yeah. But this is, yeah, yeah, this was from her. It took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> I'm amazed that you found it out because I couldn't find it. I looked and looked. Yeah. I'm very impressed. But it was, I mean, it was really worldwide and they got, 
you know, somebody from Eastern Europe. So, so yeah, so th- those are the two different videos. We can talk about the two different videos before we get to the music. So what did you guys think of the, the official contest video, I guess we can call it? To make the difference between them. Basically, this the video has a story, <laughs> which I like. I like videos with stories. This one kind of very closely follows along with the song itself and the, the theme of the song. Of But it actually has the boomerang being an anthropomorphic object that is in love with this girl and then thrown away. They're both hurt. They're both crying. But the girl moves on. The boomerang, however, does not move on breaks a piece of himself in anger, and then changes yeah. into a human being in some kind of it, machine. It, it reminded me of the fly. Show. It was kind of yeah. like that machine in the fly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really good, you're right. I want to see a Cronenberg-directed version of this video. 100% more body horror. The boomerang starts coming out to try to attack people. <laughs> 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 Played by Jeff Goldblum. That would be awesome. <laughs> what were people's thoughts on the second video? So the version for the, this music video, it's slightly different from the, the studio version, of course. It's uh, clipping along at a slightly more upbeat 112 beats per minute. Uh, there's more synth and electronic drum beats. The problem with this version, in my opinion, is it's more dancey and might even be more catchy, but it feels to me, farther away from the emotional core of the song. Um, and it might just be because I have, a, you know, uh, this love of, of rock and live performance and everything. But uh, in the album version, I can get into it and get into the bounciness of the chorus. I think the album version is more syncopated uh, because this is kind of like this Euro synth pop discotheque style. It's very straight eights. You know, it's up, down, up, down, one and two and three and four. And uh, so it's like concert band versus jazz band. I just happen to prefer <laughs> jazz. That's my take. That's Aaron's, That's hot, Aaron's take. hot take. <laughs> Aaron's <Yeah>. hot take. <laughs> Why cut it in when you can get the live version? That's right. Thank you. You just saved me time. <laughs> exactly my point. I'm here to serve. Michelle, what was your what was your take on this? Well, I, I love. We'll go to the music in a minute. I love that the girl in the video was a ginger. So <laughs> there was, there's that, um, that I was always going to get my attention, but I felt like, like the whole, like getting hit in the face with the boomerang and then having blood on her hand was a little bit weird. Like it just like, there was something sort of cute about the video, but also something sort of weirdly disturbing <laughs> in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. You know me, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, the age thing was kind of disturbing because it starts with them as children. Yes. And mm. then you get the transformation, and it seems yes. as if they're going to get together then. But then it sort of skips ahead five or six years, and then they're getting together, and and there's something kind of creepy about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's something kind of creepy about it. Um, well, it's interesting, Michelle. You mentioned that, it, like the. The hitting. It's about you know the the well the, <laughs> no it's just like if someone is rejected but they keep coming back there's a little stalkerish you know it's almost you yes. know we, we look at these songs like yes. um, every breath you take by the police and 
And you know, at, at times it can seem quite sweet, and then you look back on it, you're like, well, that's a little creepy. Right. So I don't know. It's <laughs> well, yeah, interesting. The old apartment's kind of like that. But yeah. Right. Or like, yeah. <laughs> baby, it's cold outside. Hello. Let's yeah. put a roofie in your drink and keep you here. Um, the- what was that line from How I Met Your Mother? With the, the debate about, depending on how the person takes it, it can either be a stalker and creepy or it can be a lovely romantic thing right i think that fits this song perfectly well you know Context what's funny is, so is that when i first listened to this song it just sort of sounded very poppy and almost like another version to um the big bang theory like it could be a a te- the the classic version the album version of this song felt like it could be another tv theme but then the more i got listening to the lyrics and really getting into it i'm like this is kind of stalkery. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you need to take a step back, buddy. Um, it was, it's just interesting not having a previous connection to the song or having listened to this song for years, which with the old stuff I have. But with this, it's sort of like, huh, that's interesting. I'm not sure in a good way, but this, <laughs> like, the song, just to listen to it without really paying attention to the lyrics. Is kind of catchy, but then once you get deeper into the lyrics, it's sort of like, huh, okay. Well, going back to the video real quick. Yes. Because this kind of, what I hated, uh, uh, that's too strong. What I didn't like about. <laughs> we don't again, hate in this house, young man. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to keep it in. That was too good. <laughs> uh, what I don't like about that video is at the very beginning and it sets me off and the three times I watched it, like it, it, it I, I was okay with it as it went on, but the first one, two times, like it really set me off is that hit. Like, yes. It like, I'm like, ah, abuse. And it just like immediately shut me down. Yes. And, and just, I'm like, don't ever go back to him. Stay away from him. Right. And the blood in the hand. And maybe that's the point of the, that's how the person took the song. Like, Right. And I could see how it could be taken that way. I didn't take the song that way. I I could see that interpretation of it, but I didn't take it that way. There are plenty of reasons that people break up that's not abusive. Right. I was like, okay, well, I can't I can never put myself into believing that about Ed. Right. And so well, it might not be <laughs> it might not be literal abuse either. It might just be a metaphor for how we can sometimes hurt each other and hurt the ones we love unintentionally. I, I think And it that... could be Zach. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I I think the song might make more sense in that sense if they were younger. Like if this was something off of Maybe you should drive or Gordon. Like when they're, you know, you're in your early 20s, everything is chaos. Um, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know if you're coming or going. Like in that context, that would make more sense. But like to have them be older in 2013, it's like you haven't gotten your shit together yet. What the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so I, I chose not to take the rest of the song that way. Yeah. I chose to kind of take it from a much more, I guess, naive and, and simpler take of just relationship difficulties. Right. So here's one of the lines. Do we want to switch over to... Why don't we switch to music? We'll come back to the lines later on. Sure. sure. Aaron, let's, what I'd like to focus on is the mainstream version of this. So the, the Clearwater yeah. version of this. Um, 
because that's the one that was released. That's the one that was a single. That's the one that was in the first video. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the one most people come back to when they yeah, hear it. It has song. about three times as many views actually on YouTube. So it's much more popular. Yeah, I, I do prefer that version. And, uh, unfortunately most of this applies to both versions. The differences are fairly minimal. Like I said, it's a different feel. Uh, the other, the, the other one is kind of more synth poppy and a little faster with electronic drums. But other than that, they're very, very similar in a lot of ways. Um, so the album version of the song is paced at 103 beats per minute. It's in the key of E major. Nice, easy key to play on the guitar. The chord progression is almost entirely through the entire song is uh, 1, 5, 2, 4, 1. Or more specifically, uh, 1, 5, 2, 4, 1, 5, 4. Back to the 1. Huh. Um, it's the closing time chord progression, guys. Yes, it is. Of course, oh. it is. Of course, so this chord right. progression has been around for forever and long before Semisonic were even alive. But I will forever refer to it as the closing time chord <laughs> progression because that song just screams it so loudly from the rooftops. I've never heard a pop rock song that sincerely and loudly proclaim its love for a standard chord progression so unambiguously. And there's something kind of beautiful about that. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the, the structure is we go right into the verse. There's no intro aside from a little synth ambience. Uh, ambience. So it's uh, verse one, which is A, pre-chorus, which is your B, into the chorus, which is your C, back to a verse, which is your A, skipping the pre-chorus right into the next chorus, which is a C, into a very short bridge, which is D, back into the chorus C, which repeats several times. Uh, and this song ends, interestingly enough, on the fourth scale degree, not the tonic. Uh, that's not unheard of, but it is a little unusual. Uh, the fourth is a pretty good place to resolve to, if not the tonic, but a lot of rock, and especially pop, tends to want to get that nice final-sounding resolution to the tonic. Um, I think this is a pretty classic alternative rock move to end on the fourth instead of the tonic. It's like leaves it almost feeling unresolved a little bit, um, but not quite. Uh, so what we have mm-hmm. is sort of an A, B, C, A, C, D, C form. The classic rock fan in me is happy to see that A, C, D, C in there. Uh, yeah. Very standard, reliable yeah. song structure. Well, well that's very nice because it, it kind of uh, replicates the meaning. Because it is unresolved at the yeah. end. You're still waiting right. for her answer. That's true. Yeah. That may have been intentional. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Knowing them, I think you're right. And leave it to through. Ed to do something like that. Here's the problem for me. <gasps> Spill it. To me, as someone who has heard this chord progression a bajillion times, as someone who's who's heard a lot of really great stuff out of BNL, this song sounds kind of generic yes. to me. It's not bad. Yes. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I would even say it's good. Uh, but like a lot of the newer BNL songs that I've heard so far on the show, rather than the bridge, which here is very short and minimalistic and serves really just to kind of break things up a bit so we don't stay vamping on the closing time chord progression for the entire song, <laughs> I find that I like the chorus the best. A lot of this new stuff that I've heard from BNL, I really like the chorus. That's my favorite part of the song. In older stuff, I usually like the bridge the best. Right. Uh, so interesting to note. And I think that's that Stephen Page influence, as we've discussed. Agreed. Um, traditionally pop rock songs keep their magic for the chorus because it's the part they play over and over and hopefully it'll stick in your head this chorus is indeed very catchy and I caught myself nodding my head however a catchy chorus and a competent journey through the closing time changes does not a fantastic song make that's that's my take on it I agree with you 100% Aaron and I think you said it so well it's a good song I liked it 
if it was on the radio, I'd listen to it. I'd be into it. But it's very generic. It, mm-hmm. Like if I heard just the music and then heard Ed's voice, I'd say, oh, that's Ed from the Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies. You know what I mean? Like it's just sort of, it's good, but it's average. Yeah. It's, it's pop rock. It's, it's pop. It's, it's pop. It's pop radio I, I, filler. I would say it's good power pop. Yes. Um, and, and actually, yeah. I mean, that it really, that's kind of what I liked about it. I think when I decided to do it, it, just, it was just this really nice little compact song with a, a very catchy chorus. And, and um, well, originally, I didn't think it really had any deep meaning at all. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> oh, we'll find the deep meaning here. We, yeah. are, we are going for if it. If anyone's going to, we will. We We're going to dig deep. Keep, Keep drilling until we We're find oil make or something. Up a deep meaning or break a water main. We try really hard on some songs. <laughs> yes. How about you, Tracy? I can't decide on this song. Is this narrator a person who won't let go and won't take a hint from the woman who has left him? Or is this a person that's an okay person to kind of be around? Is this a, is this a, a stalker? Or is this a person who has been hurt in a relationship, thrown out the window, so to speak, figured it out, changed his ways because he's like, and and feels bad about it. He's figured out that he made some major errors in his relationship. So he's actually a good person down deep inside and has actually fixed the error of his ways. I like how he's putting it back into her hands. So he says, you know, I hope you catch me. I would like to be your boomerang. So it's very much like... I'm putting myself out here for you and it's your choice. I like that. I do get to the point. There's one line in there that makes me kind of a little bit worried. Um, (laughs) It says, I got dizzy. And, you know, to me, I'm wondering, well, does that mean that he was confused? So like he was seeking other relationships and love elsewhere. Because then it follows up right off after that with you threw me and you were right to. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it almost makes me feel like he was like, it's implying in some ways that this was an unfaithful relationship and she figured it out and threw him away and he figured out like, oh, mm-hmm. crap, I shouldn't have done that. As we know, Stephen loves to give his confessions in a glorious bridge. But yeah. with Ed as a Scorpio, that line is as much <laughs> of us as a confession as we're ever going to get. Yeah. And and I didn't and really think about it until you said that, Trace, where you're like, but I never took my eyes off you, but I got dizzy and you uh-huh. threw me. You're right, too. Yeah. Like, oh, that's as, you have to pay attention or you're going to lose it. But there it is. Right. Well, of course, yeah. it, it means he's always been a boomerang. He's always yes. been revolving mm-hmm. around, whether he's yes. with her or not. Yeah. <laughs> Now, here's an interesting thing that I that I picked up in, in doing some of my research. Uh, of course, we know what the word boomerang means for a noun. But the, the verb boomerang actually means to return to the originator, often with negative consequences. Ooh. Oh, sure. It's interesting. Like, so does that mean that this is going to have negative consequences for this narrator? Kind of reminds me of the Sherlock Holmes death where the guy throws the boomerang and ends up coming back around and hits him in the head and he drowns in the river. <laughs> what a great story. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go, go ahead. Mike. I don't remember that. I don't remember that, that at all. <laughs> I've read all the Sherlock Holmes. I don't remember that one. I think that was just, I think that was something original they created for the BBC series. Oh, oh, oh okay. Which one? <laughs> they have like a thousand. Yeah. The Moffat one. 
Oh, really? The Moffat one? I don't remember that one. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to go the, uh I'll have to go back the and Bened- rewatch the whole series now. Well, Benedict Cumberbund. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually being much more literal, and, and you know, because I, you know, because I was thinking about the whole idea of a boomerang. I mean, the whole point of a boomerang is that it's a hunting, something you use in hunting. So Ooh. that, in fact, the fact that it comes back to you is actually not a sign of success. Uh, it means you haven't actually, uh, you know, uh, knocked anything out, so you can eat that oh. night. Uh, um, it means okay, well, then I got to try again. Uh, so I, I found it in, in that sense a kind of uh, odd. You know, uh, uh, metaphor, but but I, I but I was looking at it much more literally. You know, of, of like yeah, how the Aborigines actually use boomerangs. <laughs> but that's a that's really good take on it, though, and that's really <laughs> interesting. Like, if he had found something better out there, he wouldn't bother to come back. But since he didn't, he'll just yeah. come back. Right. Either he's going to or catch it's a failure on her, or, he's or it's a failure on her part. That the fact that he's coming back, if she accepts him, then it's a failure on her part as well. That. Well, I would say, Tracy, the boomerang comes back whether you want it to or not. You well, can, you can not catch as it. long as you throw it right. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's actually, true and, and that was a, but he said a really, really interesting line is, you know, you don't throw like other girls; you follow through. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I did note so, that line. <laughs> can I make a suggestion? Yeah, that is a little misogynistic there. Hot up, well. <laughs> Maybe I mean that, that's kind of my point, though. Hot off of the tail of uh, of our discussion about beautiful, I mean, I do think there is this discussion we're having in the society, and, and a lot of it is uh, the quote unquote nice guy trope that Hollywood sets up. As you know, he keeps going after the girl no matter how many times she rejects him. At a certain point, no means no. I mean, I would say always no. <laughs> <laughs> so like you do, it is, you do have to wonder like how much. Of the, I mean, it, it, I agree, it is context sensitive, and it's like you know. Um, there is, you know, I can understand the, the heartfelt feelings and wanting to follow through on that. But at the same time, yeah, that I think we're, we're kind of, we're experiencing this as a culture where we're kind of taking another look at that trope and saying, maybe it's not as romantic as we thought it was. And I don't know, maybe that has something to do with this. I mean, this, this is a fairly recent song. Was it 2013? Yes. Um, but it's five years old now. It's, uh, you know, certainly, uh, preceding the current discussion we're having by, you know, a good three, four years. Um, so I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. How but you, but can, you can take that two ways. I mean, you follow through mm-hmm. suggests you really were throwing me far out there, but it might, you could also read it as <laughs> you really know how to throw a boomerang. So it will come back to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, See, now, so now, <laughs> Well, now in my, yeah, in my mind, I've got this weird kind of dysfunctional relationship <laughs> where she rebukes him in such a way that she knows it will kind of spur him to come back, even though she burns him really hard. Right. Uh, and uh-huh. This is like asking for a Zach Braff independent movie to be made uh, to explore they this should. relationship. Zach Braff, please come on, please come on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, Zach Braff, we, love, we know you're listening. We'd love to have you on the show. Come on the show. We'll help you write the script. We want to be in the movie, and it's going to be awesome. Um, but it kind of, it almost sounds like this, you could take it another way as like, this is what they do. This is their relationship. Mm. They are constantly on again, off again. And it's, an, it's a constant cycle that they're never going to end. I think, Michelle, you hit the nail on the head. Because I think given the tone of the song, it's a fairly upbeat song. 
there's nothing i mean it could just be ed's manner of, of songwriting but there's nothing like if this were a stephen page song and we were supposed to take away something a little darker from it there'd probably be little hints mm. of that musically they're very programmatic bnl they really do like to make the music fit the theme of the yes. song and what they're trying to get across yes. so i do feel like yeah I, I think probably you hit the nail on the head with that analysis so i'm going to put out another theory that about this song and at this point other other fans are probably like oh shut up about that <laughs> subject for crying out loud this could possibly be about the ed steve relationship Ooh. could be though i i, I yeah i looked at it a little differently but yeah i kind of went in that area too yeah because this is the second album. This is well, who's the boomerang and who's the thrower. So this is the second album, the Grinning Streak album, where which is a recuperation from the All in Good Time, which was a very hurt record um, album. I quite liked Just, it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hurt in that it was about hurt and pain of the breakup, mm-hmm. and this is the happy album mm-hmm. in the recuperation album. Um, and it's interesting that Ed, in his interview on the Huffington Post about this song, said it's very reflective record about the various ways you can find yourself flat on your face. So this whole album is ways that you can find yourself flat on your face. Um, And so, you know, them recovering from that relationship, like it's, I'll be your boomerang, you know, which one's going to keep coming back. And that's just an idea. Yeah, Yeah. To me, it was really about bare naked ladies as a whole. And they were speaking to their fans saying, you know, take me back. That was how I allegorized it. I had I not yeah. considered the bigger well, picture like that's that, Victor. That's, that's why my, in my video, I showed them there with a bunch of flowers staring directly at the camera. They're, they're speaking to the fans. Mm. Oh. I was wondering why you had them in that video like that. I love that interpretation. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to have to go back and watch that video now. And that's why, they, that's why they became a kind of secondary character, and almost more important than the romantic character, mm. was just them performing. Because this is them getting back into that relationship. Right. Yeah. That gives it a whole different spin, and I really, it makes me enjoy the song more, thinking of it that way. Mm. And that was one of those things that only comes out because I made the video, really. And it was like, I was like, I think I've kind of changed the meaning of the song, but I really like it this way. It's it's great. (laughs) I think we found the other hidden meeting in the song. Love it. I love it, Victor. Thank you. That's awesome. We have to have him on more often exactly. so we can break these yeah, songs true. down for us. Plus, he's more optimistic than us. We're a bunch of, like, skeptic cynics. I'm always going to bring it back to Stephen and his troubles and his astrological signs. So. We love you, Stephen. Please come on the show. Yes. Yeah, please yeah. come yes, on. Yes, yes. Oh, by the way, I just got it, something from Facebook. I just got a badge of some sort for being, like, a Stephen Page fan. It was really weird. Oh. Yeah, it was like you now have a badge as a fan of Stephen Page. It was wow. like, wow, I have no idea why. <laughs> That's this was like exciting. half an hour ago. Yeah, That's it's, nice. it's so you're never like happened royalty. To you you're ro- yeah. you're, we have royalty on our <laughs> yeah. show. This is great. <laughs> oh. So, do we want to go around and do ratings? Sure. Sure. All right. Um. Let's see. I guess I'll start. So the the obvious choice for um, how are we going to rate this song um, is we're going to rate it by how many boomerangs do we give the song? That sure. seemed like the most obvious thing. And as you know, Victor, 
um, from listening to our show. We rate between zero and five, zero being the lowest, five being the highest. You can use as many decimal points as you want. Um, but I get, <laughs> <laughs> we, we get into it sometimes. We sometimes get pretty deep. Yeah, don't tempt yeah. us, yes. <laughs> um, I give this song 3.5 boomerangs. It's it's good. It's fine. It, I almost gave it a three, but I felt like it was better than that. Am I in love with it? No. Do I connect with it on a deep emotional level? No. But it's 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 good. And now with Victor's spin on the meaning of the song, <laughs> I feel really good about giving it a 3.5. So that's that. Aaron, how many boomerangs do you give this song? Well... I'm going to be the grouch again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like this song. Here's the thing, guys. I, I, the other day, I was reading a food critic's blog, and he was like, one star, good. You know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't even give stars to a place if it wasn't good. So, bearing that in mind, and also, I'm trying to keep things... It's hard. It's getting harder with trying to compare them to other songs and such. It is. I ended up... And I also... I, I kind of... I don't know. Maybe if... I'm taking the balance of the two versions or whatever, but I give this song 2.9 boomerangs because Ooh. I don't like it quite as much as 2020 hindsight. And I gave that song a three. I can't rate this at quite the same level. I think that song had a little more personality. Uh, honestly, though, I'm looking forward to when we recalibrate our older ratings because knowing how much music we still have to get through <laughs> and knowing how great BNL can be when they're at the top of their game, I probably would have been a little harsher on some of the earlier stuff we did, especially the kids songs. Right. So once I recalibrate those, <laughs> I might feel like I've got more of a span. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm rating everything. I was, I started off rating things kind of high because I, I didn't really have a feel yet for their range. And, you know, I, so Victor, to put it in context for you, I knew a few radio hits by BNL coming into this, but I was the one who really didn't know much about BNL. So I'm learning so much more and getting, you know, knowing in the pantheon of how great they can be. Uh, this is, you know, it's a solid song, but it's not up there with their best. So uh, 2.9 boomerangs. Nice. Tracy? Oh, um, I have been wrestling with this one. I don't know. As I said before, I'm not really sure where to throw this song. Um, I keep throwing it away and it keeps coming back to me. But I'm bummed. I'm the pun man. That's my job. I listen to the song whenever, every time it comes on to my iPod. I don't seek it out really, but I do listen to it every single time it comes up. Um, when it first came out, I, I loved it and played it a lot. Not so much anymore. There are actually ones on the album I like much more than this one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna change the number that I put into the computer. I'm gonna go 3.5. There we go. Good, Victor. We're saving okay. you for the, sure. the best for last. We <laughs> okay, want to hear what you have to I, say. I'm, I actually, in a weird way, feel um, this song kind of important to me because it was sort of the reason why I continued doing what I was doing. Because I originally sort of started the webpage mostly because I wanted to get somebody to watch my video of War on Drugs. Uh, and I actually made alcohol and uh, light up my room in order to in oh, order wow. to get some people watching before I laid that on them. <laughs> that was the third one I put up. And Good then this strategy. one was... Yeah, and this one, this one was sort of like, do I want to continue doing this? And it was like, uh, I mean, I heard it for the first time last summer. Because I I hadn't heard Gritting Streak or Silver Ball. I'd really gotten out of BNL for like 10 years and then got back into them. And uh, it was like, I really kind of liked it. And I kind of like it for getting me back into them. So I'm going to give it a 3.7. 
Even nice. though that's personal. Nice. I don't think it's in the upper 20%. No, that's But it's, it's, that's it's a good McCartney kind of song. Yes. <laughs> there's an X factor. Yes. There's an X factor to certain songs. Yeah. There are songs that I like that I look at and I'm like, that's so simple. But there's a, there's a certain beauty and simplicity. And I think that you can't really... Aesthetic value is uh, something you... It's hard to, to... You don't have to justify that. I think that's legit. Great. So this right. the song is now in... 19th place it's between that space. respectable it's between allergies and angry people at a good solid 3.4 average score that, that's a respectable nice. spot respectable spot it is. yeah i think I can we're, gonna, we're gonna be hitting one in a few weeks that's gonna definitely dive bomb on on our ra- ratings Uh-oh. i think um Interesting. <laughs> in about a month and a half we're gonna hit one and it's gonna be like oh yeah i think that's gonna level out our ratings a little bit better so, okay, I'm trying to think, well, okay that's okay i'll find out <laughs> <laughs> i want to keep people yeah, waiting tuned. that's my yes. way of like stinging a little bit dun, there dun, dun. same bad time same bad channel <laughs> <laughs> so appearances i'm not going to do an appearance this week once again, kind of going with the theme of the summer, I'm going to do a fact about the the pre BNL era, coming kind of ed- going into the first year of the men. I want to talk a little bit about the Midland Avenue Collegiate Institute, which is no longer open, and it was the Toronto-owned public secondary school in Scarborough that did grades nine through thirteen. That's right, I'm not wrong. They do thirteen grades, Americans up in Ontario. This was not the school that Stephen and Ed went to. You'd probably expect me to go there. No, they went to Woburn Collegiate Institute. So you're probably like, why am I bringing up Midland Avenue Collegiate Institute? It's because in the summer of, I believe it was 88, might be 87, no one actually has put out a year for this. There was a Battle of the Bands hosted by this school. The Midland Collegiate Battle of the Bands Contest. In this contest, Ed's band, which started off as Rude Awakening, and then changed to Three Guys from Barry, and then later changed to Rage, Ed's band won. Now, that's an interesting little tidbit anyways for B&L. But what makes it that extra little bit that I wanted to make sure I shared, one of the judges in that contest was Stephen Page. Oh, I had no idea. So before Stephen and Ed knew each other, Stephen already liked <laughs> Ed's stuff. Interesting. Nice. So that's my little my little fact for the week. I like that one. Thank you. Yeah, I don't oh. think that's in the Paul Myers biography, The Bare Naked Truth, which I've just been reading. Nope. Yeah. That one is in the Paul Lemieux book, and it's in a couple of different interviews uh, from so over the years. I think it might be in the, uh, I don't want to say it for sure, but I know that it's in, in Paul Lemieux book. Oh, cool. So yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, Victor. It's been a pleasure having you on. Oh, it's thank you for having me. It wonderful. Really Victor, you have to come back. I would love to. More Please. episodes. Mm-hmm. No, I love the band and I enjoy listening to you. I, it's oh, thank you. It's like Thanks a highlight so of my Mondays. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and and well, like I said, great. feel free to give it, let us know when you'd like to come on again. So, Victor, 
when people are going, not if, when people are going to look at your site, because it is amazing. It is a great video website. I enjoy watching all the different videos that you do for the different Bare Naked Ladies songs. Where can people find that, and where can people look for you? Uh, you can find uh, Victor's uh, fan page at, on Facebook at um, Unofficial Bare Naked Ladies. Just uh, put Unofficial Bare Naked Ladies into the... Uh, search uh, box up at the top, and you should uh, it should come up. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, next week we will be having another guest come on. It's a really literally a month of guests. Next week's guest will actually be a rival of sorts. They've thrown some shade our oh. way. They've made some negative statements about it, and, and now they're coming on, and we're gonna have to. It's all been know done. What we're gonna do with them. Yeah, one of the guys from It's All Been Done podcast (laughs) is coming on. Now, for people who don't listen to it, like probably most people know. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Oh, wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. No, I'm just kidding. Um, For people that don't listen, they have a theory about Bare Naked Ladies. Their theory is that the Bare Naked Ladies are actually vampires. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. (laughs) Now, Victor, are you a vampire? No. But uh, Mich- Michelle, are you vampire? Aaron, are you vampire? No comment. Okay, so so at least at least three out of the four of us were born human. True, true. So I'm guessing, but presumably we'd all just be both. blood donors anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to South Park, I would be considered a daywalker. So I don't know. That's right. She's a- where that falls. So next week we will be discussing with Saker from It's All Been Done, the song Born Human Raised by Wolves. Or Born Human, depending on which version. Interesting. (laughs) So join us then. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Victor. Good to have you. Thank you, Victor. (laughs) Thank you. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Uh huh. Well, yeah, Michelle's sort of the heart, and Aaron is sort of the eccentric musical genius, and Tracy kind of pulls it all together. (laughs) It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. <laughs>